Good evening. It is October 3rd. This is the fourth, I suppose, in the one-on-one -on -one interviews that we've done, uh, going behind the veil, kind of getting uh, mechanical questions answered about characters, finding motivations, and talking about the upcoming Call of Cthulhu campaign with those who are playing. I am Oz, and I am here with Chuck, our Elvin Decker. Hello. Good evening, Chuck. Good evening. So, <clears throat> the podcast, uh, the Shadowrun campaign is over. How did you feel about the end? Uh, uh, it was abrupt. Um, <laughs> that was my, my general feeling. It was just, I mean, it kind of felt like a proper ending. But mm. it was also a bit of, you know, we've known for, like the cast is known for, like, eight months that it was going to end before it actually ended. So we had mm -hmm. a bunch of time to actually know it's ending. And then it just didn't for a long time. Yeah, it, it just, just kept going and going and going. And then when it did end, it was kind of a, a startling surprise. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I know I was, it was a while that we had that news and it just, just kept on rolling which was it was good and it was bad it's given me plenty of stuff to do so uh tell us about chuck the character the decker you came in uh midway through the campaign yep with uh everything intact and then all of a sudden everything missing so why did you yes. why did you decide to start it with a bang so to speak um, so my main goal was to, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think I had three main goals, right? I wanted to have it not a criminal. I wanted them to have a good reason to be in the group, like to become a criminal mm -hmm. and then, um, some sort of link to another character. So, uh, being a Canadian, I don't have to deal with medical debt. And so that is a big, don't know why that would be a thing um, okay. for the Americans. So when I think dystopian future, I think of having massive medical debt. Um, and that fits perfectly and just need a reason to link it to someone. And so Mary Sue was picked and there we go. All right. So mechanically speaking, uh, pun gleefully intended, what did Chuck end with? Uh, karma wise, uh, I had twenty four career karma. Mm. Wow. Yeah, not much. <laughs> not, not much. Uh, how much? How much money did he retire with? Uh, I'm checking my sheet here. I don't know if this has. I think this has all the money. Um. Uh, no, I don't think I tracked it properly for the last bit. Yeah, okay. So I had forty five thousand. And then the last job gave, what, a whole bunch more. Hmm. And then I bought, uh, I have a piece of paper somewhere with all the stuff that he bought at the end. Uh, <laughs> here. Because he got the, the alpha grade wear. Um, well, that's not the piece of paper. Anyway, yeah, he spent probably about 80000 on getting alpha grade cyber torso. Mm. Uh, so I think he 
was about like 15, 20,000 new yen after. Okay. Um, at the very end. Although he technically didn't pay for the augments yet, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. So let's talk dice pools. Uh, what was your highest dice pool? We're talking uh, stat plus skill. Uh, mathematics. Because really? Because you had a, a math SPU. So oh, that, okay. That cranks it, right? So with the mm -hmm. spec in statistics, he's rolling 20 dice. Wow. Yep. I mean, he was supposed to be a math major, so... Right. Well, I mean, 20 dice, that's impressive. That's that's great across the entire career. Right. Uh, but for actual useful skills, uh, 14 is computer okay. with a plus two spec in matrix search, and then 14 in hacking with a plus two spec in devices. That's a, that's a solid dice pool all around. Very nice. Um, let's see here. I have questions do we have? So a lot of the stuff that we've got here is is not mechanical. Mechanical tends to be very basic. It's it's interesting, but it's not the interesting stuff. Right. So uh, I have a question here. What is your favorite Chuck moment? Um. Huh. Huh. Good question. It is a good question. I'm sure there's one moment I actually liked Chuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me think. There's probably something with... Yeah, I really don't know. I'm trying to go okay. through events. I'm like... I tried to... Like with the... When RC... Oh, sorry. When Chuck went with RC to his place... Um, and just chit-chatting with RC about that or the which job there was one of the jobs where yeah I think yeah one of the jobs I can't remember which where uh, Chuck and RC were just arguing and contemplating over blueprints I think that was the uh, the police place job or the security company mm -hmm. yeah I enjoyed that little scene okay it's nothing really fantastic or anything I just, it was just one of the I think it was one of the scenes where I actually got into playing properly. It was like the first time that I actually got into being a character. Okay. Um, yeah, it's probably one of my favorites as that sense. Yeah, I gotcha. So uh, you have not gotten into character, so to speak, a lot. Although you've, you've played a lot of tabletop games, right? Uh, yeah, I usually GM. And it's usually okay. a lot more of just a lot of exposition mm -hmm. um, because I don't know why. I just, I can't get my groups usually to uh, do lots of RP or really get into it. And they just mm -hmm. want to be told stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it, that is a disadvantage, uh, both being a forever GM and two, people expecting exposition instead of kind of teasing it out through role play, which is a shame. Yeah. All right. Well, you've said your favorite Chuck moment. Um, and then you also said, you know, maybe there's some times where you did like Chuck. So why does Chuck hate himself? Somebody asks. Uh, so initially, I was going with the idea of 
Um, Chuck, as an elf, is supposed to be, uh, you know, the epitome of beauty, right? That's what elves are supposed to be. However, he completely lost the genetic lottery. Mm -hmm. And he hates himself for it. And so he tries to hide and, you know, that's, you know, why, that's why I got rid of his elf, elfy looks because, mm. you know, the, all of the, that, uh, you know, not meeting the expectations of an elf. Okay. And then also, uh, he was always told like, he's never good enough as a kid. Like, um, if you read it, uh, the character description on the website, uh, I don't think many people did read it, but, uh, that's a shame. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in there, it talks a lot about how he's always um, his uh, mother and sister kind of just threw him aside. Mm -hmm. And he was always forced to, uh, he's always like second best, never good enough for anyone. And so he just kind of relishes in him believing he's not that good at anything. So that's, that's the, what I tried to play as anyway. Okay. Well, I think uh, I think you did an excellent job with that. I, he is the least elfy elf that I have uh, ever ever cared to hear on a podcast or see at oh, a table. That's that's uh, that wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so you've you've mentioned a bit about uh, Chuck's family. Uh, so how do you think it might have looked if the podcast had gone further uh, downtime-wise into exploring Chuck's family? Um, how would have it looked? Uh, it probably would have... Downtime-wise for family, he would have mm -hmm. probably, you know, stuff with meeting up with his family, having dinner, um, his sister being horrible uh his mother always telling him he can do better and then his father just kind of like humming and hawing not trying to push him too hard mm -hmm. but uh always being pressured by his mother to say he needs to do better like the okay. father being pressured to tell chuck anyway uh that's what i would have probably strived for um I think Chuck would have probably, if given the opportunity, uh, just messed up with his uh, sister's job because she's like mid-level corporate something is what I wrote. I can't remember exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, if there's downtime stuff or even job-related stuff for that, he would probably would have put in the extra effort to uh, make it worse for her if he had the chance. Nice. Nice. That's that's uh that sounds a little bit about a, a side of Chuck that really nobody got to see. Um, can you tell us a bit more about it? I guess like there's there's definitely a a little bit of a vindictive streak there that I don't think we really got to let that come out until near the end, and nobody really was able to capitalize on it. Least of all you. Uh, well, there was that one point with. Um... What's there's the the one security spider at the uh, the uh, security company mm -hmm. where uh, 
tried to get him in trouble through leaving extra documents. Uh, but yeah, he just... Uh, I was truly, really trying to play with the idea of... He kind of feels sorry for himself, but he also is a bit of a bully on top mm -hmm. of it, right? Right. So he doesn't think of himself so much as a bully, though. So he only, you know, Robin Hood, only the bad guys, sort of what he wants to think. But in reality, he'll, he's just an ass when, okay. to anyone but his friends. Sure. Uh, and then the other thing is... I wanted to play with the idea of uh, he's not great when given power, right? <laughs> he's not a good person when given right. the option to, right? Right. So, like, he had the power to mess with someone who he didn't like, and he just did it instead of, you know, he went out his way a little bit to do that. Yeah. Um, which is something I had in the back of my mind I wanted to push a little bit now and again, but... It didn't come up often enough, I don't think. Okay, that's too bad. So, I guess if you could change one thing about Chuck, what would that be and why? Um, so, either, either get rid of his sword or actually have him use it. Mm -hmm. Right? I kept trying. You know, I'd suggest that, hey, Chuck should go in. And, uh... You know, he feels bad for not being on the floor helping with, you know, physical security or... Right. Right? Um, and it always never made sense to bring in a giant katana and to sneak in somewhere. So he never brought it. And uh, I know Bamps and I had a thing where we were, we were going to uh, do uh, the kendo he was training at. Maybe mm -hmm. meet some things or people happening there. Uh, that never came to fruition, but uh, either actually use his sword or just get rid of the whole thing of his sword, because that was just brought in as a joke when I was first writing him up, because mm -hmm. it was the whole, uh, was it the meme of, you know, while you were doing something important, I studied the blade? Yes. Yes. Um, so it was just a, a joke and tried to go for it and didn't really pan out too well other than the first session yeah i i do recall that the auction house job the team walked away with an antique katana which was then gifted to chuck and we quote yes. unquote gifted uh from what i recall bamp saying is that it was going to come back to haunt chuck because it's an antique it is an heirloom and whoever is the rightful owner is is going to want it back but like you said uh downtime was kind of difficult to come by for a lot of of the cast and so i kind of feel like uh chuck was no exception uh, do you feel like you got shorted out of downtime or you just didn't have time to do it or what do you think happened there uh i don't think i was shorted at all i think it was more of uh, a mix of i'm a little busy we can't you know, or Bamps and I can't really get a time to do downtime. Um, and I just didn't do, like, I didn't initiate it, right? I didn't, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that could be cool. And then, like, I think to myself, oh, that could be cool. And then don't actually put it to paper. Don't actually message. You're like, hey, I have this idea of this thing. Um, 
but I mean, on the other end, there was a little bit of shorted um, because uh, there was talks of uh, my wife, uh, Nova, in the Discord. Mm -hmm. uh, she was going to be um, a love interest for Chuck, but not yes. a normal love interest, but some sort of uh, soul-sucking, I don't know, like a shadow spirit, I think. Yes, it was going to be specifically a, uh, Chuck's muse. So, suck away the karma in exchange for creative genius. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, if that happened, right, that could have been a great uh, great downtime bit and a little bit more to expand on Right. Chuck. But, uh, you know, having two young children, having both of us record at the same time, we tried once, and uh, we had to cancel last minute because mm. of uh, um, kids wouldn't go to bed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's too bad. I, I would have liked to see it. I think a lot of people would. Uh, although at the same time, like you said, uh, we knew that this was going to be ending for many, many months. And so yeah. it was really difficult to try and, and get anything to happen after that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's too bad. So when Chuck came in, you said that he was linked to another character, that being Mary Sue, and that uh, that evolved deliciously, if I may say. Uh, going from that uh, that puppy dog affection to stark raving terrified of her because of the whole Drake thing. Uh, so... Somebody asks, and I can't believe this question, how different would things have been if Mary Sue had initially reciprocated Chuck's affection before draking out? Huh. Like, that's a... That is a good question. So, I honestly don't know. Because when I was coming up with the idea, like, Mary Sue and I both agreed, like, yeah, it's always going to be... Uh, there's not going to be anything between the characters. Like that was just something we both mm -hmm. knew just nothing, you know, we can push it. We can do the, you know, will they ever get together thing, whatever, but it's never going to happen. It was like one of the things we both agreed to whatever. Um, so I haven't really thought about it much. Mm -hmm. uh, but if they did, so I don't think it would have changed too much because one of the things I wanted Chuck I was really aiming for Chuck to be, uh, I mean, like, r slash nice guys, right? Right. Like, he, but not to the same extreme of, like, you know, sleep with me, oh, no, you won't, well, F you. Because mm -hmm. um, there's the other one where it's, you know, always in the friend zone. And so I was going to play that, and then, but I also wanted him super shallow. So as soon as they fell off that pedestal just gone right no you're right. useless you're you're ugly you're garbage whatever and i always wanted that for chuck so he i i decided early on that he mentally only elves right he mm -hmm. uh so his father's a human and his sister and mother are elves um and i wanted to play with the idea that because you know his mother and sister kind of always rejected him he needed to earn the love of a woman elf sort of thing. So that's why he would only ever pine for elves. 
Okay. Um, so the fact that she turned to Drake means she's no longer an elf. And, well, now that's just gross. Okay. So, so that's kind of what I was, the, you know, semi-dumb logic that I was trying to put behind Chuck for that bit. I see. All right. So if that's the case, then would you have let Mary Sue set Chuck up with an ancient? Because, yeah, they're, they're all elves. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I think he'd go on the dates, but I don't know if he'd actually... Like, he'd probably just try and then get uh, Mary Sue and whoever she's dating at the time to go on double dates constantly and kind of just mm -hmm. force it so that even though Chuck and the Ancient are on a date, Mary Sue is there too. I think he, at least it would have started that way. I don't know if it would have gone further to act him actually caring for the uh, Ancient Elf, but uh, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Okay. So are there any other loose ends or plots that you wanted to pursue with Chuck? Um, I mean, I wanted him to get full cyber, like that I wanted mm -hmm. for the whole, you know, first day before making the character, or I made the character and like, all right, this is the gear he's going to have when he gets, I think it was like a quarter million new yen, right? This is his mm -hmm. build, right? I'd like to get that. Uh, <laughs> Because I think that would be uh, nice there. Uh, for plot-wise, though, there was a sword. I want. I wanted the thing with the Yakuza. I think it was a mm -hmm. Yakuza sword, anyway. Yeah. Um, that to play through. That would have been great. Um, the not directly relating to Chuck, but um, the ghouls that attacked when Chuck, or the the Halloweeners, or whatever. Some of them were ghouls. Mm -hmm. um following that at all okay um i would have liked that um and then the other one i would have um uh shoot there was something oh right um so it wasn't really plot so much as uh i had two uh what are they called uh contacts uh-huh that i kind of wanted to bring up but never came up uh one of was uh the um oh that's another one um his father who was mm -hmm. one of his contacts because works at a uh he's like the storehouse manager of a boeing dockyard warehouse thing right? oh yeah so right 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 that would come in perfectly for contact stuff if it's there right mm -hmm. and then uh when i first started there was a uh, i mentioned chuck had a contact with the p2 devs and that's mm -hmm. you know the thing disappeared uh so the contact the for that um i think that would have been interesting to bring in uh as well as chuck initially was super into or had the idea that he'd be into uh, an MMO. Mm -hmm. And I never brought it up once. I uh, mentioned it in art. Yes, mentioned it in art. He had the hoodie, but we never really explored it. Exactly, right? Yeah. So there's that. And another plot point is 
I really wanted Chuck to reveal to Officer Drevin something. Mm-hmm. Either, yes, they are runners, or um, maybe use him for something. I He was always there on my list from, like, session four. Mm-hmm. Um, Officer Drevin being the Shadowrun for those, uh, the Shadowrun investigator, not Shadowrun investigator, but the police officer who investigates Shadowrunners. Yes. For those who can't remember, or one of the other Officer Drevins that Bamps probably mentioned, because I think there's a couple. Yes, uh, there were. <laughs> um, yeah, so something, right? I, I had the, I was toying with the idea of uh, um, the reporting the bug hive to Officer Drevin. Mm-hmm. I was toying with the idea of Chuck getting angry with Mary Sue over something and telling Officer Drevin that she's a Shadowrunner and a Drake. Um, and like giving recorded evidence of that. Right. Um, yeah, just anything to... I kind of wanted Chuck to be a little bit antagonistic towards the group okay. at some point. And I was... Or some, like, he... Not directly, well, I guess, kind of directly antagonistic, right. but where he's doing the quote-unquote right thing. Yes, doing the right thing, but also getting getting his licks in on the people that have wronged him, so to speak. Right. So I wanted to play yeah. with that using Officer Drevin. Okay. Um, that never came to fruition. Sadly, that's too bad. Yeah. Damn. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see. So, would you ever consider publishing a cookbook, Baking with Chuck? Um, so, yeah, it's been mentioned in the Discord a whole bunch of times. It um, has. So, I actually don't care about food. So, oh, um, terrible. I know, I'm the worst. Uh, <laughs> Acting. <laughs> so, the reason I picked for Chuck to be a foodie was uh, my wife is a big foodie. And so she went to school to be a, uh, for baking and pastry arts. Okay. So I'm like, she talks about baking and pastry arts all the time. I'm sure I can fake it well enough to get it across as uh, in the podcast. Uh, Okay. It is succeeded. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So I, uh, I, I'm like, yeah, let's go for that. And so, no, I probably wouldn't ever, I mean, publish isn't like publishing, just paying for it to happen. Basically. Yeah. So yeah, if someone else wrote it and I could put, you know, my character's name on it and I figured it would sell decently. Yeah, sure. Sure. I'd publish it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But actually write it. No, no. Uh, Okay. All right. So. That uh, that about wraps up the the Chuck questions that I've got here. We do have some questions for you specifically. Uh, let's okay. see here. Who is your favorite character? A uh, boss. Boss. Without All right. Every single time that question's been answered, it's always been boss. Um, and that is simply I really enjoy how boss is played. Um, mm-hmm. so you know, boss is the you know, to some extent, the gun bunny, right? Right. 
but doesn't meet any of the stereotypes of a normal gun bunny and is you know doesn't want to hurt people which i guess you know for most Shadowrun things people don't want to hurt people they're right most actual plays or whatever it's always right. the oh i don't want to actually hurt someone but this really boz is played really well i find and it comes off sincere and not i don't really want to hurt anyone but bang 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 <laughs> um right because you know that happens all the time in many actual plays it, um, it does so i really like that and then the fact that it's a uh you know a, a middle-aged orc right mm. you don't you don't really see that um and you know playing the you know had a family but you know believes that the best way to save her family is to stay away mm-hmm. um and that you know that comes off as kind of sad but also done very well like every time it's the the episodes where that happens it just it felt real it kind of resonated with me mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know that's oh, that's I, a good answer I like boss yeah that's a very good answer that's that's awesome So now that you've played in a podcast setting, um, aside from COC, or I guess you can answer that answer that question as COC. But what what game do you want to play next? What game do I want to play next? Mm-hmm. Like in general, on a podcast. Oh, on a podcast. Yeah. Um, space something. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I've been reading Traveler a lot right now. Just going mm-hmm. through all the books through all the editions and reading the adventures, reading all the lore, reading all the everything. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So I kind of want to, well, I plan on running it with um, my home group. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in a podcast setting, it could work decently, except some of it, because a lot of it requires just a lot of bookkeeping and tedium. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, owning a, you know, when you're the ship that you own is a limited company, you kind of have to balance books. Yes. Um, and if you don't, the game doesn't really work properly money-wise because otherwise you just sell stuff and, oh, look at that. I have a hundred million credits because I don't have any expenses. Um, I mean, there's ways around it. You can just, you have a patron who does all your jobs and they get all the revenue or something, but, um, yeah, uh, Traveler. I mean, I was thinking of... Uh, when is this one going to be aired, actually? This one? Uh, let's see. So we posted GMs the week before the third. Uh, tonight we aired Mary Sue's. Michael's is next. That's next week. That'll be the 10th. So yours will be October 17th. Cool. So I was actually thinking of asking the... Um the uh discord community about um on the 20th i was thinking of doing a like a one-shot traveler thing um for people to play in not recorded or anything but uh right because i i need to learn how to play and actually play because i haven't in my home group um well, someone in my home group is about to have a baby, and that kind of takes priority over gaming. It does. Um, 
So we're kind of not playing anything for at least a month. Um, so yeah, I was, I was going to probably post that uh, probably the 14th of like, hey, looking at playing a game of Traveler, anyone interested? Awesome. So, yeah. Okay. That sounds pretty great. And I know you talked a bit about possibly running it for actual podcasting. But like you said, I don't know. I mean, I could probably handle the bookkeeping between Mary Sue and I. I'm sure we could bureaucratize the shit out of the ship. So Right. Yeah, it's not. It's just it's about two hours to set everything up for mm -hmm. money-wise. And then you just kind of you know, add and subtract after that. Just basic, like, oh, right. new month has passed or new jump is done. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's also the focus behind some some of the most popular anime that's ever been released. I mean, that was basically Cowboy Bebop in a nutshell was, oh shit, we're broke. Let's go hunt some bounties so we can afford to eat peppers with beef and not just peppers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it could be good. Yeah, there there are ways, but uh, we will see what the future of the podcast holds. And as mm -hmm. we are on that subject, uh, the near future is Call of Cthulhu, in which you are also a player. Yes, I am playing the good old Finn Callahan, uh, a good Irish lad from Kirk. Now, this is right around a time that the English are invading, I mean, invading with air quotes, um, Ireland again. Sorry, I'll stop the accent. It's a little annoying at times <laughs> to keep up. Um, it is. <laughs> so it's a little bit before that. So I really, I kind of got my timelines mixed up, mixed up a bit. Because during the, um, one of the rebellions, I did research on it a while ago. Mm. Um the English actually burnt down, like, the downtown of Cork. Okay. Or, like, the town square. Uh, so I was going to have uh, Finn be in that fire. Um, and then he leaves shortly after, after as he's... Uh, I don't want to spoil really anything, but... Uh, things happen. Things happen during that, that fire. Um, but I kind of... It's not going to actually be that specific fire anymore. Because, again, timelines don't line up. Right. Because I'm bad at math, apparently. Well, you um, don't have the math SBU. Ah, right. Shame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so it's just another fire where stuff happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it works. And as of this recording, we have done the group prologues we've done the solo prologues we did the zero session i believe the zero sessions already up on patreon and mm -hmm. so we are in our first actual current timeline game yes so how are you feeling about it so far my biggest complaint mm -hmm. is i'm always tired like oh for the last three four recordings i've just mm -hmm. been exhausted uh maybe it just works a little more hectic than usual but uh it's been rough, <laughs> um, but overall, I'm enjoying it. I just feel like I'm not contributing as much as I could or should, mm -hmm. and it's uh, making me a little frustrated with myself. 
I got you. No, yeah. I understand that. The the biggest complaint I have about COC is trying to hold an accent. I mean, I think you can relate. It is a yes. pain in the ass. And mine is nowhere near as involved as yours is. And as I'm speaking, I it's wandering all up and down the English countryside. <laughs> yeah, my my biggest issue is uh, going into Australian from Irish. It's the uh, yes, because Irish have the proper oi, like the oil, like that's how they mm-hmm. say like Irish, and to some extent, so do they. The um, Australian, they have the oh, I can do that, right? It's the oi, and when I that oi comes out, I flip back and forth sometimes, and that's my big like knife. Yes. Yes, knife is the worst because you know when you say knife. That really sounds Australian, and then instantly flip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's our fault. We decided to play British no. and Irish, and we should have been good and played, you know, Australians and <laughs> dumpy Midwesterners. Um, right. So, actually, <laughs> small trick I have is actually. There's um, a Newfoundland song. I think it's Newfoundland. It could be elsewhere. Um, you know, Izabai. I don't know. I've, okay. I've heard it forever growing up. Um, but it's like, Izabai is a bit of a boat. Izabai is a sailor. And I sing that to myself to get into the accent whenever I mess up. Wow. Um, because even though, you know, I, I know the lyrics without the accent, it just sounds wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And the Newfoundland accent sounds similar enough to an Irish accent that I get away with it. That is awesome. I need to come up with something like that to see if I can. What? Okay. So my problem is, is I can't, I can't decide on what part of England that Philip is from. Right. Well, if you go down two blocks in parts of London, it's a completely different accent. So. Right. <laughs> so I mean, Nana's uh, from Liverpool. Uh, I have family that's, you know, in the main of London. I've got friends who are up in Scotland and it's just, uh, who do I talk to? Who do I sit there and listen to for 20 minutes? And then it just goes everywhere. But I've got I've got plans for that in the future. Little do we know he's actually from New England. Mm hmm. <laughs> it's just right. a fake accent. Yeah. <laughs> Be something silly like that. Ah, uh, so how long do you think we're going to be doing the COC game? I mean, okay, so fair warning, Chuck and I, we've we're we're in the the main the 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 main uh, season of it now. I think we're doing all right, although we've made some questionable decisions. How easily do you think we're going There's to be driven? No insane? such thing as a questionable decision. We've not made any questionable decisions. We've always made the right decisions so far. Okay. Always. So in making all the right decisions, how long do you think it's going to take Jupiter Sanders, our storyteller, to just throw her hands in the air and summon Dagon and kill us all? Um, it depends if we go to Innsmouth. Mm. Yeah. Okay. As soon as we go to Innsmouth, we're dead. That's, okay. that's it. That's fair. Dagon is in Innsmouth, right? Yes. I believe. 
Yeah, Dagon is in Innsmouth. Yes. Uh, Nyarlathotep is worldwide. Indeed. And I want to say Shevnigarath is closer to Bangor, Maine. I'll take your word on that one. <laughs> I don't know. It's whatever part of Maine or Vermont or where the hell ever that Stephen King likes to write all his books in. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, last questions, I think, since it uh, looks like we're running low on time and I've got a few left. So why did you decide to audition for the podcast? Uh, because I thought it would be fun. It's the main reason. Was it? Uh, yeah, it's fun. Of course it is. Good. Um, right. It's also the... My son was born the week after Bamps put up the post saying like, hey, we need players. Please audition. Oh, man. So I'm like, hey, I have like five, six months of parental leave that I can use because I'm Canadian and don't have to worry about a lot of things like that. Mm -hmm. Twist the knife, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I got the time. I can really just get actually settled and properly in there and do a proper job. Um, so that kind of just pushed me further into it because I had spare time to some extent because newborn isn't always exactly spare time. Right. Hmm. So you've been on the podcast now. Uh, you run games. So the question I've been asking everybody, and now I'm going to ask you is, what advice do you have for somebody who wants to get into podcasting, be it run one, play in one? Uh, what, what advice do you have to, for them? make sure everyone wants to be in the podcast that's number mm -hmm. one uh because i tried with my home group to just record it and see what it would take to really make it not exactly podcast worthy but you know what audio editing takes place and uh that was time consuming uh to just strip out ums and ahs and nonsense that it is. <laughs> um, but then there's also a very big difference between knowing what you're saying is going to be for consumption or for yourself, right? If, it's, mm -hmm. if you're just playing to have fun, then you don't have to really worry about as much, right? You don't have to worry about making things entertaining for other people that aren't at the table because there is a bit different to that right mm. um like causing like causing making conflict happen at a lot of normal gaming table groups i find a lot of people don't just make bad stuff happen to themselves and to or not themselves but to the characters that they're playing and the other people at the table are playing, right? But right. because it's entertainment and it's for other people, you have to do that. But you also don't want to ham-fist it and just go like, herp derp, I'm an idiot. Right. Um, so the first one key important thing is to make sure everyone at your table is willing 
and knows it is a podcast. Um, secondly, uh, people don't agree with me on this, but make sure you have good mics. Um, Why would somebody disagree with that? I've seen people saying where like, um, it's better to, you know, just start and keep start doing it, even though you sound like garbage. Uh, I'm like, no, no, no. Um, uh, I personally believe in push to talk all the mm -hmm. time. Um, other people don't, uh, especially for recordings. I mean, it's not as bad when you have Craig because Craig can separate into individual channels and whatnot, but, right. uh, uh, just, you know, being conscious of your audio surroundings and when you're talking and all that, uh, don't be afraid to take second takes, right? Absolutely. If, if I've done it a bunch of times where I just mumble through stuff. I'm like this or that and things. And I finally decided what I want to say after I've mumbled through everything. And then I re-say it so it doesn't sound horrible. <laughs> right? Because I'm talking, gathering my thoughts. Yes, fix it in post. Right. Um, I don't want to fix it in post. I'll just give you a new version. So you that just works. delete, right? Yeah, just cut just it delete out. the bad shit. Put the good shit back in. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, yeah, because if you make a pause because you're thinking, it lacks the effect of actually putting in pauses for meaning. Mm -hmm. I, I find so anyway, um, because things can get lost in nuance because was he thinking or was it there for emphasis, right? For empty pauses. Also, just uh, when thinking, oh, I mm -hmm. those. I'm a, uh, yeah. I do those far too often. I st I'm pretty sure I do. It feels like I do. Uh, that would be a discussion I should have had with GM and didn't about <laughs> how much um is removed from a podcast. But one thing I do know is when you are conscious of it, you start doing it a lot less. It's like, you everybody breathes but once you focus on breathing and you actually you know consciously control it it becomes uh you get really focused on it and you you avoid not doing the thing yeah i definitely see that where if i do focus it's not as bad but when i'm not focusing on it i um and ah all the time as do we all indeed now, also, to be fair to Bamps about uh, him doing all the ums and ahs, he's making up everything on the fly, and there's a lot of stuff. Because uh, so far in the recording of Call of Cthulhu, he doesn't seem as bad? No, he's not as bad. So I think it's just the having to make everything up on the fly and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think you're right. Because I know when I, so like I said, I did the, I did my own audio editing for one of my home groups, like my home games. Um, and it was horrendous of just how bad it was with me doing ums and ahs. So if, uh, if I improve, right, there's just so much more of when the GM, right? When you GM, you are just talking more. So that's mm -hmm. my thought that 
spending more time on the track because of that. Anyway, I'm just theorizing for no real reason. <laughs> That's all right, though. Theorizing is good because it means that you're going to come up with something interesting, and I think you really have. Well, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, however, we are at this point about out of time. Uh, this has been a one-on-one -on -one behind the veil interview. I am Oz. I am here with Chuck once again, who has been uh, graciously allowing me to uh, take a lot of his uh, early evening when he should probably be off sleeping because he's been so damn busy. Yeah, my bedtime was 18 minutes ago. So, All right. Yep. So I'll go ahead and cut this short. Chuck, thank you very much for doing this. Well, thank you for interviewing. Absolutely. And uh, be sure to look for us on the Call of Cthulhu campaign. We'll also be doing an Aliens one-shot for release on Halloween. And uh, we will see what other trouble we can get into in the near future. Say goodnight, everybody. Good night.